What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, we've got a good friend, buddy, Jason, with Exemplar Fitness. Saying that right? Okay. Um, He has decided to join us. Um, I cannot wait to dig into his story, both in his training, gone through some trials and tribulations there, has an amazing facility in James Island. Is that technically James Island or? It's technically James Island. Yeah, right over that bridge. Right over the bridge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So welcome, man. Thanks for coming. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. We've always had good conversations before, so I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's going to be good. So um, let's start off, is how I usually start, is, you know, how did you even get into the health and fitness arena? Where did that start? Oh, that's, that started a long time ago, I think. So I think I went to that little chunky stage when my parents got divorced. I was probably around 12. And, you know, that can be a tough age for a lot of, a lot of kids. I, I, I still see it all the time. And then when I got in about 13 years old, when I turned 13, I started getting to, like, oddly enough, I would played hockey since I was about four or five years old. And uh, that was my primary sport. But I got into cross country um, running, oddly enough. Really? I don't, I'm, you know, my, you're a big guy, look like a big right. bodybuilder. Can you imagine? No, you imagine? I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, just Trust, looking at let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. So, yeah, so about 14 years old, there wouldn't be a holiday, a Christmas, a snowy day, a rainy day that I wasn't out. Hitting the, hit, hitting the streets, man. Yeah, I had my my routines after school, and uh, uh, if it was uh, track season, I'd be doing that. And you know, it got to a point to where I also played football from seventh grade to to my senior year. And you know, junior high football was I was getting killed. I played on the I was getting killed, and the, the coaches were really upset that I had lost this weight and. The whole thing was kind of ridiculous, but I think, I think I took it to such an extreme. I'm still a bit of an extremist in some ways. Mm-hmm. A lot of successful uh, people. Well, are. I yeah. think I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a zero to sixty guy. Yeah, you know, and 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 it's a curse and a blessing. Yep. Depending on how you harness it, and uh, uh, it, it, you know, my my cross country kind of excelled from there. I definitely wasn't going to win any Olympic races. But I, I enjoyed it. My mother kind of got me into it. She was big into races at the time. And uh, it's interesting because my mother also got me into weight training. She joined a racket club when I was, gosh, I guess in seventh grade maybe. And I was always interested, like most young boys at that age, uh, are in weight rooms. They're kind of drawn. They want to see what these old guys are doing, or old to them at least. Did you say uh, racket club too? It was a racket you know club. I mean, like a lot of people are not going to understand what that means. No, so Can you that, explain to us? What I, a racket will, club I will is? explain to you what okay. the old the old racket club They're, concept just, yeah, was. Yeah, picturing like squash. You well, know, sort like, of. Yeah. yeah. So uh, like I think, St. Andrew's Health and Fitness. You yeah. Know what I mean? So it was a place where your your, your main draw was racquetball, and. Um, I went to school with uh, some kids' parents that owned this racket club in my hometown. Where was your hometown, by the way? I'm trying in, to get in a, a small place called St. Clairsville, Ohio. It would be most akin to. It's obviously cold. Uh, it would be very similar to Brevard, North Carolina. Here, interesting. It's very much like a Brevard. My um, son's going to a camp in Brevard okay, this summer for okay, the first time. Okay, so I've never been there. It's but... very quaint. Okay. It's a great place to bring up kids. Yep. It is not the Southerner's quintessential idea of what Ohio is. If you're thinking that, you'd be mistaken. Mm-hmm. It's about 20 minutes from Wheeling, West Virginia, and about 45 to 50 minutes from like Pittsburgh, PA. Okay. So it really sits between 
on the on the on the border of three states: uh, okay. Ohio, yep. West Virginia, and Pennsylvania. Very cool. So it's it's. I don't know that I'd even call it north. Uh, I don't know that I that I really. It's there are a lot of people that draw a lot of southern. Um, a little bit of southern heritage from there, mm-hmm. more so than I would say Midwest. If you're thinking Midwest, you got the not wrong quite place. that look and feel. No. Okay, not, no. gotcha. Sorry. So um, the Racket Club. So the Racket right. Club was there, and hey, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. This is not. It's a huge. It's a big, very big town now, but it was not your big up and coming place then. It was, you know, just a quaint town. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, the, the Racket Club was built and they had two different weight facilities in there. They had your old school universal uh, circuit there. God knows how many of those they sold. <laughs> and they had a, a Cam 2. Do you remember what Cam 2 was? Uh, so nope. Cam 2 was this, I think it's garbage, but it was high tech at the time. There were no weights. It was all pneumatic. So when you strapped into a certain machine, mm-hmm. you turned the pressure up or the pressure down. And, you know, when I was a kid, I loved just hearing, Psh, you know, the pressures come out. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. So they you, do that stuff now with the Kaiser Institute. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's very – well, I, in fact, I think Kaiser was, was an original maker of – Gotcha. I believe Cam 2 was their line. Gotcha. So Kaiser's – the Cam 2 evolved at this I point. I believe it was Kaiser's yeah. Cam 2 evolved, yes. Okay, so gotcha. it was, uh, it's a really funky thing. But those were my, those were my uh, introductions. Yeah. And of course, like all kids, you're not old enough to be in here. Now, this is interesting because this carries into my modern day as well. Okay. You're not old enough to be in here. I'm like, I, I got my feelings hurt as a kid. Sure. Big, I'd probably go to the locker room crying to my dad or something. Right. Like, who well, didn't necessarily care a whole lot because... He didn't work out. Yeah. But, you know, I think it takes my mother off a little bit. But Sure. Yeah. Um, Got to be 15. So, you know, de- definitely room. when you're at school or high school, it's not the same thing. Yeah. But I was very fortunate in that in some of the years coming, I continued to play hockey, continued to play football, and continued to be unhappy where my weight was with this cross-country deal. So I started to pare back on my distance running a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, feed myself a little bit, nothing crazy. And I met some older guys at a gym that was put in just up the street from my house. By today's standards, we could all probably laugh at it a little bit. It was something that you would see. Like an average Joe's kind of gym? Oh, you man. Know? It, was, it was really like a garage-style gym thrown into what, what was the old uh, hardware store in town. Okay. And it didn't even have enough equipment to cover the whole hardware store. It was back where the storage would have been. And it was called Double D Gym. And I preferred, when I was young, to work out around older guys. Because older guys seemed to know what they were talking about. Which, of course, I think that they did. Sure. As opposed to my peers who thought they knew what they were talking about. Yeah. But I didn't see how one could bench press and do biceps every day of the week. Right. So I knew there was something wrong right there. Okay, it smart. Just, just I, wasn't feeling right. Yeah, wasn't the, feeling it. I think your sense yeah. was correct. <laughs> so <sighs> these older guys, you know, they would uh, kind of, if they saw you show up every day, they would kind of very gently... You know, if they had a couple seconds, take you under their wing and tell you, you know, you're not eating nearly enough or you're, you're never going to get the kind of goals that you want or the gains that you want or whatever it was. Whatever but, conventional wisdom was Absolutely. That yep. but, but that's that's probably where I draw a lot on a question that you asked me about, and I hope we're not skipping around too much. No, I love but it. About, but about a question that you asked me about, what do I feel fitness or what do, what do I think fit? Yeah. Being fit or fitness is and healthy. Me. Yes. I would say this. Am I fit for a long distance runner? Heavens no. Was I at once? Yes. Am I fit to step on a competitive bodybuilding stage right now? Heavens no. Was I once? Yes. I think fitness without semantics would be what is the thing that makes you tick for a lot of people? especially in my gym, high-impact classes, high-intensity classes. Mm -hmm. That would be a lot of of pushing, pulling, calisthenic-type work at a certain pace for certain periods of time on each station. Mm -hmm. 
if you train like that all the time, and that's what you're trying to do, would be to increase your cardio capacity, maintain or increase your agility, a lot of functional fitness, and ba basically I see some of that stuff as having the same prowess maybe we had in high school, or maybe we had in college, maybe I just think that because I'm getting older, I don't know. But, but that's kind of what I see, and so if that's what you're looking for, that's what you need to be doing. I always tell people the type of trainer that I am is the type of person who, who helps to try to make you look better without your clothes on. If you want to have a better physique in any way, uh, that's the type of trainer that I am. Right. Look, feeling better is going to come secondarily, of course. Mm -hmm. But by looking better, you know, the majority of people I see, uh, women, men, they, they don't spare anything such as the idea of plastic surgery or anything like that. Everybody wants to look and feel better. Right. I think as we all get older, we definitely want to feel better and maintain how we feel. But I also think that if you were to ask somebody in their heart of hearts, do you want to look better? I don't care what age you are. I, I really think that most people are vain enough to say absolutely. So I think back to my back to the question of what do I think fitness is or, or being fit for someone. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that makes you happy, and I don't want to get too deep, but mentally, spiritually, makes you feel fulfilled on a fitness type level, whether that's long distance running, triathlons, um, it doesn't even have to be extreme. It can be fast-paced walking. Um, it, it can be like a light style of bodybuilding or just maintaining a decent physique. Then that is what I would say would be healthy for the individual. Mm -hmm. um, if I were to say who are the healthiest or fit people on earth, I don't know, probably one of those indigenous tribes that kick the ball around the desert or something. Yeah, those, I like that. Those Shinto Japanese monks that walk yeah. for meditation, they're supposed to be ultra-fit. Um, probably I have a friend in Germany who's a triathlete and he's incredibly fit. I would have to say from a, from a, from a, a physical therapist standpoint or just a, just a, a, uh, like a cardiovascular yeah. medical, of yeah. course they're going to have the best VO2 maxes. Of course their heart rate's going to be the, you know, fewest number of beats at rest. And mm -hmm. so I, that's definitely the medical terminology for what we say, well, this person's really cardiovascularly fit. Yep. But I also think you have to be happy. And I don't know how long a fitness level of that upper echelon uh, is doable. At some time, you know, I've, I've competed uh, for many years in bodybuilding and uh, you do something to those levels, and there's a lot you give up in those years. Oh, you're going to sacrifice a lot of things. <laughs> An endurance athlete, I've worked with them. They cannot squat yeah. even their body so weight. So that's, well. that's kind of what I'm yeah. getting at. You yeah. know, there are different applications for different people, and different things have their provide their strengths, and different things, you know. I don't know that there's one uh, yeah. American Ninja Warrior. I don't know. Yeah, but what but, I like that you said uh, is that – Pick the one thing for you as the individual yeah. that you like doing. It could be American Ninja Warrior. It could yeah. be jazzercise. Right. Yeah. It could be bodybuilding. And as long as you're doing that one yeah. thing and you're feeling healthy and you're feeling like you look good, uh -huh. naked, yeah. you know what I mean? And hopefully you are also right. healthy yeah. in whatever biomarkers is. And yeah. I, I, everything that we see in research, by yeah. the way, is what you just said. Yeah. It's people who are happy and healthy. And you have, have to be spiritually happy. Yeah. And you have to be have your emotions in a happy place to say, I'm really happy with myself. Uh, I think that, um, I think some of that comes with, with, with growth and possibly age maybe. I can um, second that. Yeah, I, <laughs> you I know, think so. It takes a while to figure that stuff out, man. Yeah, like, would I want to be competing anymore? No, I have totally lost interest in that, but I haven't lost interest in the training. Mm -hmm. But one, I don't have anything else to prove, most importantly to myself, but I don't... Uh, I don't know. The whole idea of it seems kind of sad now, but I certainly am glad that I had the opportunity to do it for as long as I did it. I'll never forget it. It provided me with a lot of positive things, yeah. information, people that I met. It was, it was, we're going to have to dig into that now, right? Not a lot of people know about your yeah. kind of history. So obviously yeah. you started at the, you know, the racket club. How did it evolve? So I started with the racket club and, yep. and, and you know, you, you realize it's, I see young guys at my gym now and I really have a lot of compassion for them. 
young girls too, but mostly a lot of young guys I see there and they'll be kind of like toiling away and I look trying at to that, bench. I look at that problem yeah. like that's you. Yep. Go over and help you. Yep. Interesting. Go over there and help you. Yeah. That was you. And so I'll go over be with that guy. <laughs> I'll be that guy yeah. that was that, that should have been compassionate or yep. that was to me mm-hmm. and say, hey, I can show you a better way to do this. And I explained to them, I know as a, as a young man, you think you pop out of your mom's womb and you should know how to maybe use an axe or, 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 or work out. But trust me, there is no shame in asking. So um, some of these things we just don't inherently know because we're, we're, we're men or because we're women. You yeah. know? Most things we don't inherently know. Absolutely. Which is, you can literally work. I mean, this is me kind of going on a tangent, but you can literally work on perfecting the form of a bench press yeah. your entire life. Yep. And most people, I thought it. Like, yeah. I could just get up there and, what do you do? You just put a bar on your chest, you lift yeah. it back up, and you well, pull it Well, to the naked on. eye, it looks like that, doesn't yeah, it? it? does. To the naked eye, it looks like that. Yeah, but it is not. It's it is not. very clearly no. not. No. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Tangent no. number one. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think, you know, there's a lot of those things. Um, so, uh, during sports, I guess, uh, because I was a bit underweight for the contact sports I played then in the winter and, and the fall, um... I started getting moved around a lot, and so uh, physically, and so um, I, like I said, I ran a bit less. I increased my caloric intake, and I think in a year I put on, oh my gosh, maybe eighty pounds. And so you I, gain muscle pretty easily, just your body type. I, you know, or? I think my body was ready to gain that. I think I was at a formative age where you know, going through the latter stages of of adolescence and running a lot probably isn't healthy for young girls uh, as it is for young boys. I mean, yeah. there are different processes that need to take place that maybe not be take, or aren't taking place because sure. you're putting so much physical demand on your it's body. possible, yep. So I think at that time I took some more calories in. Um, I probably was still going to a pediatrician. Uh, told me to back off on the running a little bit. Um, some of these older guys showed me how I should start eating. It was a really hard thing for me to believe that one needed to eat like this, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm in school, I, I get three meals a day, you know? Yep. My parents are never gonna let me eat like this. And uh, it was, you know, it was, it gave me a schematic, that's for sure. And uh, I think that um, by the time I was, gosh, I got one of those silly plastic weight sets, which, which. Oh, the gray plastic. Yeah, yeah the sand-filled garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But look, those are great. Those. So to anybody that's hearing this podcast, if you have one of those, more power to you. I think it's yeah. a great place to start. Just lift weight. It doesn't Absol- matter what. It'd be Absolutely. Atlas Stone. It could be pull-ups on a tree. Carefully. Carefully. Yeah. Atlas Stones. But yeah, so um, it evolved from that to, to constantly trying to go to the school gym, but they kept hours there. And the hours were kept during the summer. Uh, now that I'm older is probably looking back on it maybe as a teacher who did or didn't want to get out of bed Um, so that's where this gym in my hometown came into play and then later on um, uh, a buddy of mine that I knew would pick me up and we'd go out to the racket club together and and probably when I was about 18 I I was very serious into more of a bodybuilding aspect and why I say that wasn't necessarily the bodybuilding aspect to say um, get on stage or try to see how big I could be or what I would say it was more from the the idea that I was formulating a plan that my work had a plan my nutrition had a plan um, and I had an idea of uh, Maybe kind of like how my body was maturing and going, getting into shape, uh, maybe as to, to, to what that could possibly progress into. And so I definitely had a plan. I think a lot of people like, and maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong, that they kind of realize it's also a sense of control. If I have this oh, input, mm, I get this result. Mm. And you see that and you're like, cool, I'm going to keep putting this input because this result is good. So why not continine to do that well, and see how far you can take it? Right? Yeah, well, on a, per- gonna, on a personal level, yeah. I think that's very true. So I think the running and the bodybuilding at those ages were also some results of maybe uh, parental divorce, some, some step-parent yep. issues. So that was, they gave yeah. me a lot of control over my personal life and for, for, for any 
any person in high school listening to this, it definitely feels like you don't have a lot of control in your life in high school because oh my gosh. you're not necessarily old enough to pay your bills or, or take responsibility. You know what's going on with your body, Absolutely. like the social intricacies of high school. I'm right. so scared for my poor children. I know. Going through high school. It's I, tough, I, man. Trust me. I Let saw, alone going through some sort of family issues at the same I, time. I, I saw it with my daughter, and I think I'm yeah. seeing it with my son a bit now. Yeah. But, but you got to um, go through it, right? Got, like, yeah, it's yeah. a good rite of passage. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, you know, if you have some healthy seeds planted in you uh, by your parents, I think you will weather the storm okay. Agreed. You know, I mean, yep. life can be a, a series of calm days and stormy days. That's what it's all about. Yep. So, yeah. how you How you handle but, it. Yeah, so it's, it was just a very positive uh, road for me. And I, I was very fortunate. I met some responsible older guys that gave me some really good advice and um, uh, I just really learned how to to train in a way that I felt my muscles and I think that that is something I try to instill in my clients because of the sense of um, uh, accomplishment and uh, being in a moment that it had me feeling that I don't necessarily know that you get out of other types of exercises where you're picking something up, pulling something, pushing something, um, and you focus on a certain group or one individual muscle at that time. It was really something that I took, I would say three or four years to really grasp what was meant by that. I hope that in my professional approach that I'm a good conveyor or teacher of how to do that because I think that people get much, much more satisfactory workouts and, and a much greater sense of um, what they have just participated in uh, when you teach them to do this as opposed to someone who's teaching somebody how to pick things up and put things down, so to speak. Yeah, so. that's interesting. Um, so the aspect, timeline-wise, right? Bodybuilding, Arnold, pumping iron, was Gold's Gym, that was a huge kind of like breakthrough in the fitness community, right? right? And we had that huge kind of peak, yeah. right? And CrossFit, high intensity, functional fitness is kind of at its peak now. Yeah. Yeah. So would you agree that kind of like bodybuilding is maybe less popular than it may have been yeah, I, 10, 20 years ago? I think this, I think that, <clears throat> so Arnold was kind of like uh, to bodybuilding what Bruce Lee is to martial arts. Um, uh, has the world of martial arts and bodybuilding and all of those things progressed from those times that they came out? I think Pumping Iron was around 75 or 76. They have um, a new Netflix show. Have you seen any yes, of that? Yeah, I've Generation seen Iron 3. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so back to your question, do I think that bodybuilding is less popular now? <clears throat> what I think is this. Bodybuilding is something that is extreme. I, w- I would, I would uh, compare it to you and I drive cars every day, right? But we're not Formula One race car drivers. Mm -hmm. That's an extreme. Bodybuilding is almost like a Formula One uh, to to developing these muscles as to... Interesting, I like that analogy. You know what I mean? It's kind of an analogy of... It's it's, taking it to the extreme. It's extreme. Yeah. So I I, I think (laughs) that what you're seeing now is uh, different things within that industry where you have these guys in board shorts and different things like that and different types of physique contests that are much more toned down because that's much more realistic and all-encompassing for many more competitors to become involved in mm-hmm. than people looking at bodybuilding going, oh, I don't like that, or that's gross, or whoa, that's way too much, or even for people that do like it, say, I love that, I think it's awesome, those guys are crazy looking, but I could never do that. Whereas the scaled back models and the different types of fitness, CrossFit, these are promoting a different type of of lifestyle that's healthy. Because bodybuilding has had, uh, at its most competitive peaks, a lot of a lot of negative press, uh, you know, for performance enhancing drugs and things. Yep. I think the reality is is that um, any sport at its pinnacle is going to have these issues. Yeah, and look at um, the biking. And sure, Lance Armstrong I, I think stuff. a lot of people you know. pick and choose as to what oh, they of course. believe, yep. and then that's fine. But I also don't think that you know any action star in Hollywood is is um, 
is clean. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Frankly, no, no, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I think that there are these other things that I don't think CrossFit is clean anymore. But I do think that uh, a lot of these things built themselves on the back of that 1976, I believe, yep. Pumping Iron movie. Uh, to what they are today, so do, that's where do, fitness, I think, kind I of think became that was a fitness revolution. Came in the limelight. Oh man, yes. this is I have control over my body. This is what I do. Right, gyms started springing yeah. up in the eighties. Right, the before fit, the that, fitness industry. And, yeah, and, and, people weren't even jogging. You know, I remember Anchorman. He's like, I've heard this new trend. It's called it's called jogging. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. think how new just getting into fitness and and how much it has exploded. Yeah, I I definitely think that. Um, <clears throat> I also think that. It's the basics like you know, squats, deadlifts, uh, using whatever whatever movement you're using, but using a type of resistance training that is coming from some type of dead weight, maybe not bands and things that we see a lot now. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with bands. Bands are great, but a lot of a lot of raw movements to change the way that uh, the strength levels of your body and maybe. Uh, eating the right foods changes the way that your body appears. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of these things are built off of these basic essentials that were started with, say, something like pumping iron or whatever. Yeah. Uh, as a trainer, um, I try not to go overboard with the whole um, background of bodybuilding too much. I have some pictures of some contests I did in, in my gym. Sure, yep. Uh, just because, you know, of when I started it. But uh, I think that what you're really trying to demonstrate is that may be extreme, but I can help you to lose fat and gain muscle. It doesn't have to be that level, and it never is. Yeah. But on any level. Yeah. On any level. Yeah. The thing thing that I think is kind of... Know, exciting or whatever just like it's just interesting for me as physical therapist and kind of strength conditioning kind of came second and I'm definitely part of this kind of Olympic lifting mm-hmm. kind of CrossFit generation is that um, just at least for my circle which is mm-hmm. not very big right um, this kind of bodybuilding type of style of workout I'm not going to say frowned upon but it's just not as, <laughs> as done as much anymore right. so a lot of times for rehab when I'm coming in guess what I'm prescribing Yeah, I'm prescribing bicep curls yeah. and like skull crushers yeah. and like slowing down kind of tempoed yeah. movements that's more bodybuilding style yeah. um, and it's really cool to see it kind of come back to that and like yeah. I, I agree that that was the foundation and now we're kind of as everything else, things change and some extremes happen, but it's just kind of interesting just to see evolution. You're kind of from that, you're the first person I've seen that's come from kind of that era. Yeah. And I just think it's really cool to see what your perspective is. Yeah, I, I think like, it's, uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to travel to some neat places when I was young. I went to Greece one time and I remembered seeing an ancient mural of two women holding dumbbells. And I had to, it really had to like sink in, and that was 2,600 years ago. Really? You know, these gymnasiums yeah. have been around for a long time. Or at the Biltmore? Have you ever seen the, the gym at the Biltmore? The Biltmore is very cool too. Yeah. With the, like the bowling pin. Yeah. Right. Dumbbell looking things. Yeah. They call them yeah. Indian clubs now yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I crazy. I was like, this is awesome. Like, there's a pool in here and there's like yeah. a little gym. Yeah. Like, and all these little archaic looking machines. Yeah. yeah it's pretty yeah. crazy. Little pulley systems. Um, definitely. I think, uh, I think that stuff's very cool. I think that, uh, I think things have definitely revolutionized and changed, but I think that certain things always have to come back to the basics. Um, like feeling the muscle. Like, like there's just little things that come back. Definitely. Like, hey, you're just, you're extending your elbow and bending yeah. your elbow. Feel your bicep. Like there's, there's, yeah. I think there's importance to that. That, that. I think the mind-muscle connection thing is, is absolutely incredible. I think that... Uh, you can't do that in I, a clean and jerk. Yeah, I just think, say. Well, I think to have body awareness of, of, of what's doing... You know, You'll know that you did something in a clean and jerk maybe eight years down the road yeah. when you know your neck is jerked out of sure, socket. Sure, sure. Not saying that you no. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not saying that you can't do those things in a proper Safety. way. Yes, Absolutely. exactly. Thank but you. it w- I would equate it to some people ask me, do you like machines or free weights better? And my answer is I don't necessarily like one better than the other. How I would equate it would be, remember when we were kids and your dad or your mom taught you how to tell time on, on your basic clock with hands? Everybody 
uh, you know, before you could tell time on a basic clock, could look at a digital clock and say, oh, it's 824. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it says it for you. That 824 to me is like getting on a machine. If you don't know how to tell the basic time on a basic clock and feel what you're doing, that machine's not gonna do you much good. So if you already know what you're feeling for and how something should feel, and mm -hmm. then a machine's gonna be great. It's probably right. gonna be more pronounced for you. But if you don't know what to look for, you're just pushing and pulling things, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's good to bring it back to basics. I just think yeah, that yeah, should yeah. be a part of everybody's kind of training regimen. It is. And is I, is I, to add that stuff yeah, in. High intensity's great, but like, mm -hmm. hey, let's every once in a while do a couple bicep curls. Yeah, and, and I think, it. you know, I think, you know, you see a lot of people, a huge resurgence, especially from the 70s, 60s and 70s, of yoga. Yoga's very huge again. Yeah. Um, I think it, all fitness is huge right now, right? I it think, is I, everywhere right I think now. you're absolutely right. It's but, crazy. But again, I mean, yoga's got, what, 3,000 years of tradition or something like yeah, that? Yeah, It's kind of, kind of been around a long time. Yeah, kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the, these things are pretty neat. And I, I just think we've seen a huge explosion. People are much more aware of, um, like, the food channel. has definitely made people more aware of better foods, better quality foods, um, you know, we just we just have so much more awareness about everything, but definitely in the industry you and I are in, from the internet to to any information that you want is out there. Now the the downside of that, there's also a lot of garbage out there. That's too. why we started this yeah, podcast, man. Exactly. Just trying to there's help people lot, read it out. A lot of garbage out there. Yeah. You know, I think the one thing that I sometimes see in the direction of my profession and training is. Um, you see a lot of silly exercises. When I go to other gyms or uh, I'm, I'm at a gym that I might uh, be just doing my own session, my own personal session. Sometimes I'll get out of my, my head space at the gym and I'll go to another gym and work out. And you might see some, some, some really trendy things going on in there and like, oof. But I don't want to get too critical about yeah. somebody else's stuff. It's just... And there, uh, I would, I would argue, and devil's advocate here, is like there might be a time and place where you've done the basics maybe for so long yeah. and you want to mix it up. But you get somebody who's only trained. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Three I'm months in and now we're doing I'm a... I'm seeing like a 22-year-old yeah. person. You're doing jumping lunges yeah. with one foot on a busu ball, <laughs> one bottoms-up kettlebell, and, and the, a band on their left and foot. And like, the unfortunate person might be 240 pounds, yes. you know? It's like, yeah, it's, you it's, probably just need to maybe like bench press and deadlift and squat well, oh, and you know, that's well, okay. Let's go through for a brisk walk maybe, <laughs> you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. But again, it always comes back to, and I think this is a good thing to kind of like kind of match up with all the things we've said is that there is a lot of misinformation in there. And I think a great way to filter that is kind of just came to me is anybody who's telling you that this is the only way to do it. Absolutely. More than likely that person is wrong. Without a doubt. Right. And so Without like, if somebody's like, Hey, this is, I'm leaning towards this and here's all the reasons why this yeah. might be a good fit for you. Yeah. That's a great piece of information. Yeah. Someone's like, Hey, the only way to not hurt your knee when you do squats is if your knee goes past your toes. Right. I'm on a, you know, or you can only lunge this certain way and yeah. that's the best way to hit your glutes. And that's yeah. the only way you're going to get a big butt. Yeah. yeah. Probably not. You know what I mean? Probably just something right. for a headline, right. not necessarily the best information. You know, I, I think, I think that uh, one time somebody said to me, um, you, uh, I think I was, was going to get a will made up for the children's. And I said to, to a friend of mine who was recommending lawyers that drop wills, <clears throat> a good lawyer is the, is the lawyer that asks the right questions. And I would have to say the same is true for a trainer. If a person is coming in to, to speak to you about training, the best thing you can do for that client is to listen to them. Listen to what they want. If there's something that you feel that you can do to help them, or it's a good fit for you, you need to ask them, and they may have not even thought about this, but what is the thing that you're looking for out of training? And I find 50% of the time they didn't, haven't really thought about it that much. But um, I think application is the most important thing. Yeah. Knowing what it is that you want to do in providing the right application. Yeah. And a lot of times I see the wrong application given to people that may have stated their goals. Uh, I, I think maybe the more experienced trainer might give them a different, different, I, different set of uh, things to do f right. for the application that right. they want. I couldn't agree more because 
you're gonna go in there, you're gonna be motivated, you're gonna be excited, and it's gonna be the first couple weeks. What's gonna keep you going? It's gonna be, hey, what, why did you come here? Yeah. What are your goals? And like you create a training program and probably circle back to yeah. those kind of goals and on you, a regular basis. And it's very important as yep. well that you have fun. Yep. You have to have fun. If it's not fun, you're not going to be able to do it. This is not, supposed to be, be able a, sustain it. Yeah, yeah, it's a lifestyle change, right? So everybody's thinking it's going to come in, I'm just going to lose weight, and I'm just going to never have to work yeah. out again. Yeah. We all understand that's not the case now. Yeah. But now we understand how do we apply that mm-hmm. line of thinking and actually, again, just apply it. Yeah. As you said, apply it to our training. You want to be careful as well that um, <clears throat> you know there are a number of people in the personal training field when I'm speaking of clients a number of people that have had some some bad experiences and there are people that don't have any experience at all mm-hmm. uh, in terms of prospective clients but a long time ago when i was had the inception for exemplar fitness you you really or i really wanted to to design something that wasn't threatening to people it wasn't threatening you, on one hand you, you have a reputation in town of uh, being a good trainer and those things are wonderful because they get you return business or they get you referred business but then sometimes when somebody would see you they'd be like oh no that's I, not for me that's not for me well hold on a second um, my fitness identity is not for you but I think what I could convey to you may be for you yep and so I think that the right trainer is going to, to kind of dispel the rights yeah, I think ideas. you. I guess you've gone through this transformation. You know who's going through this transformation right now? Absolutely, it's CrossFit. You see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. CrossFit's going through this transformation. Big time. They're they're almost rebranding completely mm-hmm. and trying to make it because they don't really care. No one care about. Probably, frankly, I bet Glassman does not care about the five percent. I'm sure he does. He cares about the ninety five percent of people who can't get off their couch, can't lift their arm overhead, and you see it like in their in their yeah. like, main site stuff. It's always people on their couch doing box squats off their couch right. or picking up a milk carton off the floor. Yeah. It's really cool to see them make that transition it is. It is. and to make it non-threatening. They're trying to make CrossFit non-threatening. Well, when you see it at its highest levels, like the, the CrossFit games that are on, I think, Netflix. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's only a handful of people. Yeah, like there's these, that extreme though, right? It's right. just like, you know, well, I mean, it's not just extreme. It's, I, I, yeah. It still baffles me what these people can do. Oh, the, man. the fitness the, levels. The work capacity. The cardiovascular fitness levels. The work levels, capacity is through My the God, roof. it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, how does somebody do that much? Just work? running with these weight vests on. Yeah. And I'm doing Murph every Saturday right now. It's oh, not with a vest, but yeah. It's unbelievable. It's brutal. So I want to circle back just because we're running out of time. Um, you said the inception of, the, of Exemplar Fitness. So I would love to learn. I don't know much of kind of how that started and how it's – obviously, it's evolved quite a bit over it's, the years. It's definitely evolved. It's you know? definitely evolved. And, uh, and you definitely have a non-threatening, very, like, professional atmosphere. You kind of walk in and be like, this place is cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, you, may, you finally try, make – I'll try to give you the, the breakdown okay. in two minutes. Okay, cool. So <clears throat> I used to see a lot of clients at various gyms. I had agreements at these gyms um, where I would have my clientele and um, the owners of the establishment kind of like let you have you know, yeah, free, free reign of the place. Yeah, sure. you're coming in, you're not leaving a mess and you're seeing your clients and your clients pay them a membership. And I saw the writing on the wall uh, probably about 13, 14 years ago where that was going to end. That was going to end, and then what was I going to do? I was used to uh, making a certain amount of money and, and, and used to uh, doing things a certain way. I, I definitely couldn't take a step backwards. The only thing that I needed yeah. to do was be able to be in control of this atmosphere myself because the atmosphere everywhere else was getting volatile for trainers. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that a lot of trainers know that now. And you were having a lot of people going in-house and selling these big training programs and putting maybe 10 trainers in a big gym. Yep. And uh, that wasn't really something that I personally believed in because I didn't think the quality was there. It could very well have been. I just didn't believe it was. And uh, I tried to come up with an idea of a place that could be self-sustaining because I traditionally knew gyms didn't make much money. Big box gyms can make some money. They usually run a run a race of maybe four or five years and they get sold. Mm-hmm. So what could I do that would be self-sustaining 
most importantly, friendly to trainers and non-threatening to people that could be welcoming for them to come in and say, wow, this is a really relaxing place, yet it's a place of exercise. I kind of formulated the idea of uh, exemplar fitness. I am not a, a Wharton grad of Wharton Business School, uh, but it was just, I think, from the years, this will be my 30th year this year of being a personal trainer. I think it was just from years of, of being trainers and hearing what my clients despise. Scratching your own itch, man. They hated, they yeah. hated dust, they hated mess, they hated smell, they hated dirty restrooms, yeah. um, and they hated rude people uh, working at these gyms. They couldn't stand it. And after a while, after many years of listening to it, I, I hated it too. I saw things in a way that my clients saw things. I could work out in a dungeon, but that didn't matter. What mattered was the business. And I started to really need to start thinking like my clients think or thought. Mm -hmm. And I still do. You sure you didn't go to business school? I did not. But if you can't, <laughs> if you can't uh, start to think and listen and think like your clients, there's no need to even be in the business. You might as well go work for somebody. But so I took a mortgage out of my house uh, and I was fortunate enough to find a gym that was in foreclosure at, at, at Trident Hospital. And, Interesting. And the neurosurgeon that I still trained today sold me all the equipment for a prayer. The only thing was I had to move it all. And so myself and a group of temp guys from a temp moving company moved thousands and thousands of pounds of pads, equipment, floor mats, and um, I had a good friend that showed me how to cut these floor mats out, and I just cut the whole floor into the gym and put it down. Wow. Laid out the floor plan. Is this in your spot now, or this is in? So this is in the spot now, and the original, and the original three. So where you are now is still where you originally were. That's right. You moved everything from Trident. Correct. To yeah. The current spot. On yeah. The yeah. yeah. I, cool. you know, when I look at those mats today, I'm, I'm I realize. Are they still there? Oh yeah. I'm like oh, those things are like sixty pounds a piece. I'm like, have you ever lifted a big, big pallet of shingles? That's what they feel like. Oh, they're like old school horse mats. They're kind of thing. floppy, and they're just yeah. kind of like. Trust me, they beat your arms all. It's, it's crazy. That's funny. So, um, yeah, and about eight years ago, I realized that there was a huge uh, market and a huge need for classes. And one of the guys that worked uh, as a private trainer at my gym was Joey Welling. Mm -hmm. And uh, When was this timeline was? I would say probably three and a half years ago. Okay. Maybe, maybe going on four, three and a okay. half, four years ago. So you're ago. just a traditional kind of like you know, gym for a while. Yeah, so it was a personal personal training boutique gym. Like a studio. A stu okay. I called it a studio. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you made this transition. And so he was going to different places throughout town and doing some, I won't say the names of things for, yeah. for whatever copyright reasons or whatever. Yeah, I get he would do some. He would do some different classes at different places and I knew that he had a good following at it. And, uh, you know, I believed a lot in him. And... Um, Basically, uh, he and I kind of put our heads together for this other side that he was going to take care of. We put our heads together and ponied up some money and put in uh, a big classroom in a functional, what I would call functional fitness type sure. space. And the other 3,000 adjoining the square feet, so now we have a total of 6,000 square feet. And he has a, he has a massive following for what, what we call Rush. Yeah, um, I see those the, posts. It looks yeah, like so a ton of people. Rush is the Rush is the high intensity class of of uh, the property of Exemplar Fitness. Yep. That, uh, uh, so you have a kind of bodybuilding side. So I, to I, speak. Wouldn't, I, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say yeah? that. No, I would say we have definitely it? a. I would definitely say that we have more of a traditional side of resistance training. Yep. And there are some trainers that have that notion of to some degree or another, helping people to, to look and feel better. Yep. So, so there are some, some roots of, 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 of uh, bodybuilding light sure. in there a little bit. Yep. Um, but uh, uh, I would just call it traditional things to the other side is more uh, functional. Yep. We have some guys in there that do corrective stuff. 
we have another guy in there. Kind of what's trendy right now. Yeah. Let's go. We, we have a guy in there, uh, Davon Gelliard, who's great with kids. Yep. Um, so yeah, we have we have guys from uh, that are the, the, another little training group in there called Compass. Um, yeah, yeah, I've met those guys. Yeah, yeah, super yeah, nice yeah, guys. yeah, yeah, great guys. Um, and we just have a lot of good people in there. We have some trainers that are very young, uh, and we have some 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 trainers that have been trainers for a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a nice conglomeration, coupled with. Um, the managers that we have, the staff we have, it's, uh, you know, you look back at when you used to kind of slave there to the point where you lived there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Going through that recession was horrendous. And you look at it now and you're like, man, this is, this is kind of a nicely oiled little machine now. You know, you can't ever take your eye off of it, but at the same time, it's, it's you know, it's not 2008 anymore either. So it's, it's nice. It's, it was worth all the work. How many? Can I, I can't think of another gym that's lasted that long. Well, like I said, there's most, been a lot of gyms, yeah, many names out there that yeah, have kind of gone. Yeah, well, you, like, you know, the biggest a, the biggest precursor to ruin a gym is hubris. Uh, hubris, yeah. and that arrogance takes a gym down quicker than 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 a millstone. Yeah, to go like on the business side of things, yeah. and and kind of what you said is so true. Is if you build a place for your customer not necessarily for yourself. Because right. I'm sure there's certain things you probably would have wanted in that gym through the years, but like, oh man, really cool to have this. Yeah. Like, Does my customer necessarily yeah, want this? Yeah. Oh, not really. You know, I, you I, know? Took, I took into account um, the colors I use for pads. What would be, not a diminutive looking color, but what would be a color that would be more... Non-threatening. Uh, non-threatening, <laughs> yep. being in nature. Yep. Ah, brown. Yeah. You know, uh, the original color of the women's restroom was more of a rosy color. Not because I liked yeah. it, but because I had a friend who was really big into interior design that said, women's complexions will appear to be more rosy if you use this color. And they were. Yeah. And so when people like the way they look in the mirror and they love your mirrors, yeah. they tend to come back to your place more right. often because they love your mirrors. Yeah. I've got people that come into this day saying, you guys have got the greatest mirrors and the greatest lighting in here. Yeah. That's true. We do. Right. That we stuff do. matters. I yeah. mean, you can see when you walked into our physical therapy clinic, that very much matters to us as well. Yeah. I don't think it matters enough to some of these yeah. small... We spent, a, yeah. we spent a fortune. I spent a fortune on the mirrors on the original side, and then Joey and I spent a fortune on the mirrors on the other side. But those tall, huge mirrors, other gyms don't have. They look right. nice. Right. You know? The, the, the way something looks... It just matters. ...is right? one thing. Yeah. And then, of course, what really tops a place off like that is... Your clientele. Right. And your clientele really makes the, the atmosphere, the flavor of your place. Yeah. And it's just the right... And your trainers and your staff. Yeah, don't, you know without I mean? a doubt. It's, you when know, all those come together, too, I've, I've told, awesome. I've told a lot of my staff, I said, you know what? If one day this, you guys move away or some of you will come and go or whatever, you will look back on this little time here and it'll be like a little Camelot to you. I promise it will. Yeah. Because as long as I've done this, I've never seen a place, uh, we've had our struggles sometimes, but I've never seen a place have uh, that certain amount of uh, that, that, that uh, synchronicity or kind of copacetic energy mm-hmm. there that's there. It's a good thing. It's really, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Yeah. People can be successful. Yeah. That's the first picture I remember ever seeing of your place was the picture of the bathrooms. I'm like, it didn't even look like it. I was like, is this a gym? <laughs> you don't or, want to go to some place. Or is this you, a hotel? You don't want to go to some place where you can't go to the bathroom. Yeah, it's but they're typically like right, that, though. It's a right? miserable feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, my God. what, what, what? Uh, this smells like a truck stop in here. Yeah. You can't have that. Right. You cannot have that. Right, right. Yeah. Such, such cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go through some Spitfire. We could sure. talk about sure. bathrooms forever. Absolutely. All right, so just a couple quick questions. Super you know, easy. Just first thing that comes to mind. You ready? Sure. What are you best at? Mm. What am I best at? <laughs> I would have <laughs> to say cooking. Cooking? I would say cooking. Oh, man, we're going to come cook over here. Not to move. <laughs> I'm going to take you up. I would say maybe cooking. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> What do you struggle with? What do you suck at? Ooh, uh, procrastinate. I'm a bad procrastinator. Okay. Man. Cool, cool. What is the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? You can pick one thing only. I love this question. It kind of challenges people to say, all right, you give one piece of advice. Someone is like, I want to get fit. 
nutritional awareness. That's a very common one. I like that one yeah. a lot. The awareness piece is yeah. like so much of it is awareness. Yeah, but nutritional awareness. Yeah. yeah, awareness in we're talking about mind muscle connections, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's huge. All right, here's just some fun ones. Sure. What's your walkout song? Mmm, that's a good one. You know, mm. you come out on stage, whatever. You know, what do you want? Blasted, man. That's a good question. I I I probably have a couple answers. Um. You're only allowed one, I'm sorry. Mm. You can do a couple if you want, that's fine. Let's come back to that one. Okay, all right, yeah, I'll circle back. Yeah, pass, right, like in Family Feud. What's your uh, favorite cartoon? Favorite cartoon? Either as a kid or... I would have to say my favorite cartoon was was probably something like, uh, definitely Speed Racer. Speed Racer, I've I heard that one. I was a huge Speed Racer guy. Dude, Speed Racer was yeah. awesome. Speed yeah. Racer was cool. I love Speed Racer. Anime before you knew what anime was. That's right, yeah. It's that's true. That's OGs, that's OG yeah, stuff. Yeah, right totally. There. Uh, if you, this one's a good one for you actually. If you wouldn't be a fitness kind of professional, yeah. what do you think you would have been? History professor. Oh wow, boom. Knew that one off the top, like it. Last TV show you watched? Ooh, I saw a movie a few nights ago uh, called Bone Tomahawk with Kurt Russell. It was in the tradition of The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio okay. and Hateful Eight also with Kurt Russell. I think it came out with the, those trio came out in one year, right? And Bone Tomahawk kind of got that. overshadowed. Interesting. Oh man, it's an intense movie. It's kind of it? like where Western meets horror. Okay. Wow, it's crazy. I've not heard of that. I'll put yeah. that on my uh, yeah. Netflix list or whatever. De- definitely. Uh, last book you read? Last book I read. Um, the last book I read. This is this is so bizarre. <laughs> was a difficult book. Probably the most difficult book I've ever read. Paradise Lost. Okay, yeah, I've read yeah. a good chunk of that. Yeah. It's, it is a yeah. difficult book very difficult. to read in general. Very difficult book, yeah. and, and uh, one other very difficult book that I read that had killer footnotes in it was, uh, I read Dante's Inferno. That was yeah. very good. Yeah, those are both, yeah, yeah. those are deep. Yeah. Uh, just um, last thing, how can people find out more about you and your gym and what you got going on? Where can they where can they go online or physical address, whatever? Well, you can email me personally at exemplar, E-X-E-M-P-L-A-R, fitness, the number three, at gmail.com. That's my personal uh, email. You can also email me at jasonfutum. F-I-U-T-E-M at AOL.com or swing by Exemplar Fitness or look us up on the web and see what we have to offer. Um, We definitely probably have something for everybody. Love it, man. Thanks so much for coming. This was a blast. You Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I had a great time. Dude, the best. Oh, walkout song. Yeah, Rose, circle back. Good call. Mm. You gotta pick one, man. Come on. Possibly something like... uh, I don't maybe I don't give a damn about my bad reputation or whatever. <laughs> Joan Jett and Blackheart. Okay, know. there you maybe go. Maybe something a little bit more rebellious yeah. in my my older age now. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, rebel at heart yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget, your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. The way to better healthcare and a healthier you is education and empowerment. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Maybe even leave some comments. If you want to find out more about me and Made to Move, check us out at Made to Move, the number two, PT.com. That's Made to Move, PT.com. Thanks so much for listening.